Hello, and welcome to RPG PodQuest, the podcast that's not only about RPGs, but is an RPG. I'm one of your hosts, Will. And I'm Evan. And today we're going to reveal our idea to RPGify the podcast itself. Uh, we're also going to talk about how the quests will work and take on our first quests. But before we begin, just want to give a quick shout out to everyone who's supported us by listening to this episode right now, uh, to listening to our first episode, to sharing, tweeting, talking to your cat about it, whatever you're doing. We really appreciate it. You are awesome. And we are so happy to have you with us on this quest. That's right. And before we get rolling and get right into it, I also want to give a quick shout out to Evan for doing all of the great, amazing design work for our our artwork and the intro and outro music. It's awesome. And I really appreciate it. So thank you, Evan. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I Yeah, I, I love to uh, write music. So, you know, maybe we'll see some more as we uh, start questing. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that as we intro uh, our whole quest idea. The intro theme is based on Frog's theme from uh, Chrono Trigger, uh, which is, I, I thought was, it was fun to, to rewrite. And you might hear some variations on that as we go along. Excellent. It sounds great. I love it. And all right, let's get right into it then. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing. What have you been playing, Evan? Since the last time that we've recorded, there's been quite a few releases. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, some some fairly recent things, but also really, I think August, uh, is, uh, at least on the systems that I play on, is, is looking pretty stacked in terms of RPGs. But I have been playing through uh, Black Book, which is a, a great uh, deck building RPG, which we have talked about a couple of times, and I will definitely mention again at some point. Um, and I've also been playing a little bit of Digimon Cyber Sleuth, uh, just a really great, great monster catching game. It's like getting a, a, a shot of, of dopamine um, like every 10 seconds with how often you level up and the sound design really Ooh, makes that it. that sounds amazing. Yeah, it, it makes you feel really successful. <laughs> That's what I'll say awesome. about the sound design. But a couple of games that I really uh, wanted to just give um, some more in-depth thoughts about, uh, it, it's actually a pair of games that released uh, very recently, um, on consoles at least, and uh, they both have to do with relationships. Uh, so one will lead into the other, which I think we can both talk about. This is like, a, I guess, a maybe rare occurrence of us uh, playing the same thing at the same time and it's only Mm. our second episode so (laughs) that's kind of cool Um, but I've been playing Dreamscaper Uh, it's a action rogue I would say light not like although you kind of start every run um, from square one you can really do a lot with the progression systems in the game to make uh, your runs a lot easier um, at the beginning, but you are trying to progress through uh, a series of worlds um, to beat the game. Um, and the way that you kind of power up your character outside of your dreams, because the whole plot of the game is that you're, I guess, having nightmares, or at least when you're dreaming, you're encountering these creatures and, and fighting them. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and the I, I will say the visual style of the game is really gorgeous. It's got this painting uh, style to its animation where when you transfer from 
one room to the next it kind of like wipes the canvas clean and then like repaints the new zone it's it's really gorgeous um, but the way that you level your skills up is you meet people around town so you you your character has moved into this new town and you're kind of meeting new people and having conversations with them and the thing that i really like about it is that the the people who you're having these conversations with are really varied like you talk to an old professor who's got to be in his like 60s or 70s but you also talk to like the owner of a record store um, and you kind of gain these boons from them um, and you actually while you're in the dungeon you can find these ideas which are things that you can craft as gifts um, and then give to people uh, when you're in the waking world and uh I think the system works really well. Um, obviously, as with like any sort of rogue light um, or even rogue light game, it's got a, a little bit of a grind to it. Um, but I think that also transitions really well into the other game that I've been playing, uh, which is uh, I, I guess I shouldn't say I've been playing it because I completed it really, really quickly. <laughs> you already um, played and, it. Yes. Uh, and so I beat. I don't think it was on the day that it was released, but it was, I think, at like two o'clock in the morning the next day. I beat oh, wow. Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah. Um, so I kind of picked this game up um, and I, I got so swept up into it. Um, and it's also been a game that I've been anticipating for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been anticipating it because of its like memory. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's gotten a, some buzz. Yeah, it's it's just a very, I don't know, it's a cute game. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, um, it was featured on uh, Nintendo's like Indie World Direct uh, just this past week. Um, it's a game about delving into dungeons, which are lovingly referred to as dunges uh, in the game mm -hmm. itself, which I, I really like a lot of the slang and, and terminology that they use in the game. Um, but the weapons that you use in the dungeons are uh, are half weapon, half person, and they kind of transform into people outside of the dungeon, and uh, you get to go on dates uh, with them. So uh, I was just curious uh, about your thoughts, Will. Um, you've played a little bit of Boyfriend Dungeon, I think, but you haven't beaten it yet? Yeah, and I had this one on my list to talk about today, too. It wasn't on my radar, really. It was on my radar. I didn't think I would play it. It didn't sound like my kind of game. But like you said, like it was very like meme-worthy and getting all this buzz. So it was like I'd heard of it. And I was like, this sounds weird and not for me. But then it came to Game Pass. And I was like, oh, I can just play it for free. So I sat down to like give it a few minutes and bounce off of it, expecting to just play for a couple minutes. And then it was like three hours later. And I was like, oh, no, where did my day go? <laughs> <laughs> so I found it really enjoyable and I think immediately from the time I stepped into it I just found the world really inviting and inclusive and that really sucked me in because they handled that in such a nice way like I think the first moment was when you're creating your character and it asks you to choose your pronouns I was like oh that's cool and then there's a note under it that says no this is, does not change who you can date and I was like oh that's really cool and this kind of inclusivity and like just letting you know that you're in safe hands with the game and you can do what you want and be who you want was really cool and really sucked me in. Um, and that you can also 
date as many people in the game as you want. Or it, it also makes it clear that it's like, well, it's okay if you just want to have pl- platonic friendships with them too. Like, we're not forcing this on you. So yeah, I thought that I, was really cool. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, and I think the lesson that the game is trying to teach, uh, <laughs> you know, by the by the end of it, uh, isn't just to be like an incredibly horny uh, person who, mm-hmm. who dates a lot of people. I think it's more about just forming bonds uh with people and understanding them better um which i think is is a great lesson and again you can choose to be romantically uh involved with whoever you want and the game doesn't really shame you for that one thing that i almost wish though is this game kind of has like in my opinion the octopath traveler problem Mm -hmm. Um, i can see it yeah is all of these characters uh, are really unique and enjoyable, but they rarely ever clash or interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like really only a few moments, and it's if you have a certain character equipped, um, when you pick up a new weapon, they might say a little something uh, about that, that character beforehand, but it's really rare that you get interactions between them, and I wish that was a little bit uh, more fleshed out. Um, I also think, and again, I, I've completed this game. I think my, my playthrough was about uh, 10 hours uh, in length. And I, I got through it so fast. And there's, it's not that there's a lack of content. I actually think it's, it's got more than enough content. And, it's, and the content that's there is enjoyable enough to be uh, well worth like the entry price. But... I don't think that all of the systems work together really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to leave it at that because maybe this will be something that we talk about in a, in a quest uh, down the line. Um, but I would be curious to hear your thoughts uh, maybe when you complete the game. And that might not be something that you guys hear on the podcast. But if, if anyone would be curious to, to hear a little bit more about that, we can definitely elaborate uh, upon that in the future. For sure, yeah. I'd like to. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it already, but I'd like to save some of them for once I've completed it uh, to see where it really goes. Yeah, because um, it's definitely an interesting game, and I'd love to hear listeners' thoughts too. If anybody has any ideas or reactions to the game so far, if you're enjoying it, if you bounced off it, or why, I'd love to hear Most that too. Definitely, yeah. Um, but what else have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot. Uh, in small bite-sized pieces and that's another thing again I did enjoy about Boyfriend Dungeon is that it feels like something you can really pick up and play a little bit and there are little bite-sized chunks here and there and I kept biting them off and chewing them over and over so it became longer playthroughs but you could theoretically play it in small doses for sure Um, and along those lines I've been playing a little bit of Fantasian which is on mobile so which I want to play so badly (laughs) it's on Apple Arcade actually yeah and um And so I pick up that when I have my phone and don't have another device handy and just want to play a game, which isn't very often. Like, I always just grab my Switch. So I I haven't gotten very far in that. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV off and on for a long time. And uh, I've been playing a bit of Tales of Vesperia, which I bounced off of hard twice before. And suddenly it's clicking with me and I'm just really enjoying the world and the music and find it really charming so i'm excited to play that some more but not too far into that either um and then other than that i've been playing a bit of east 8 which is a new franchise for me that has been really fun 
Um, and I com the game I completed since last time is Neo The World Ends With You. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that one today. Um, sure. And I, again, I think I have a lot more thoughts than I want to talk about right now on it and may might save it for a quest later. Spoiler alert on what quests might end up being. But, um, but I wanted to give some like initial impressions today. Um, like the game itself is really beautiful. I played the first one and really enjoyed it. I played it recently. So I was really looking forward to this one. I think it steps it up in every regard. Like it looks nicer, like it's a beautiful 3D world rather than a 2D one. Um, the music I'd say is more balanced. Like all the songs are very good, but the first one had music and soundtrack that was like amazing songs and then like so-so songs. And I feel like those highs <laughs> and lows hit it more often for me. And because like the, the highs would get stuck in my head and I'd be like singing them when I wasn't playing and thinking about them. And this one didn't have a lot of songs like that that really stuck in my head. So the music didn't stick out as much as I wanted it to. Hmm. Um, that is, that's kind of surprising, I think, because it's it's the same composer who uh, who who worked on the first game, right? Yeah, and I think it's it's um it's more consistent. Like it's consistently good, but. I want it better than good, like great. And there are some probably some great songs, to be fair. But it, the really interesting thing too is it's more like rock style, and the first one was more kind of like pop music. And generally, yeah. I prefer rock over pop, like ten times out of ten. <laughs> but for some reason here, like I just felt like the poppy songs got stuck in my head and were more fun and fit the game. Yeah, uh, I think that's just a personal reaction. Yeah, that's though. that's pretty funny too. I, I mean, there's not. I will say that I bounced off of the original uh, World Ends mm. With You on, on the DS uh, pretty hard. Um, I don't think I got past the first third of the game, um, but I do remember just one of the defining aspects of it, aside from the gameplay, being that really poppy uh, soundtrack. So yep. it is surprising to me to hear um, that it's more rocky, and I was you mm -hmm. know, maybe curious uh, if that has to do more with like the characters that are featured. Um, you know, maybe they kind of represent that rock um, mentality a little bit more. Um, but that's also, that's another uh, great idea for a quest that I'm probably going to write down is to talk about aesthetics and gameplay and how they mix together. Um, but we should definitely talk about what the quest system is before we cross that bridge. Let's do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, this is a, a great uh, sort of transition into that. Yeah. So, when we were coming up with this a, idea for a podcast, we really wanted to do something that would uh, make us uh, stand out and make this experience unique for us, but something also that you uh, all who are listening could follow along with and track maybe your own progress with um, and hopefully help contribute uh, towards because uh, we've put together uh, a quest board for this uh, podcast and uh, we're going to have it posted somewhere um, probably on our social media uh, on our twitter um, but you know maybe we can attach it to where we're being hosted as well um, but if you were to take a look at this uh, quest board it is uh, as of right now i believe 40 quests in total and what these are are different topics for us to talk about what we're going to do every single episode is we are going to uh, roll some dice and uh, whichever 
uh, number comes up, we're actually going to jump from where uh, our previous quest was and keep going down the board. Um, so we're going to start at 1, and then hopefully we're going to end at 40, because there are a couple of unique quests on this board um, that we are going to have to encounter at some point. Uh, so if you're following along, uh, you can see that we have every 10 quests, there's an enemy encounter. Um, and before we finish this entire quest board, we need to at have at least one enemy encounter. Um, so we can, when we are counting uh, our dice rolls up, we can stop at an enemy encounter and choose to uh, you know, complete it and then not have to do another one along the way. Um, or we can wait until uh, quest number 30 and really say, okay, well, since we didn't do the previous two, uh, then we have to do uh, this encounter. Um, and then there's also, at the end of our quest board, a boss battle. And you can see that that boss battle is um, more related to uh, us torturing one another. <laughs> we are going to ask one another to play an RPG um, that hopefully we've never played before um, or one another haven't played before. Uh, and we're also going to try to keep it pretty financially uh reasonable. So we're going to try to go uh, and, and have one another play uh, RPGs that are uh, relatively budgetable uh, in, in terms of, of being able to buy them. Um, we're not going to have somebody seek out uh, something that is potentially uh, unethical, or uh, also we're not going to have someone buy like the collector's edition of East 9, which was... Uh, I want to say at least a hundred dollars. That would be an epic quest in itself. Buy buy a collector's edition. It would be. Um, but so that's my explanation of this. Will did do you think I did a good job? I think you did a great job, and I think it's going to make a lot of sense to people when they see the actual quest board. Um, but just to give you a kind of visual, if if you're not looking at it right now, is it kind of like in my head? It's it's literally a list, but in my head. Um, it's it looks kind of like a board game. So like each item in the list that are numbered one through forty, there's forty, right, Evan? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, each of those numbers you can think of as like a space on a a board game board, and as we roll the dice, we move, we progress through that board, and when we hit certain points, there'll be different uh, different challenges for each quest, and we will we will tackle one each week. And that will kind of inform what we're going to talk about next week. It'll give us something to take away and think about and bring back as we report in on our quest and bring the spoils of the quest to the next episode. For sure. And uh, we haven't quite decided what we're going to do when we level up. Um, we want it to be victorious in some way. But a level up, of course, is going to be getting through the entire quest board. Um, and so hopefully there might be a little bit of a competitive aspect to this too, because, uh, you know, better, uh, dice rolls will have someone complete this quest board faster. Um, but we're also going to do this live. Uh, we'd really like to roll for you guys live, but we actually did our first rolls off, uh, the air, um, in preparation for this episode. Uh, so our first rolls uh i rolled a two and will what did you roll i rolled a five i'm winning that's... so far for the record <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> that's something i'm not too pleased about no but uh 
<laughs> the other thing that I'm kind of bummed about is that my first quest is going to make me the de facto hater of this podcast. <laughs> um, because I got a my fun quest, one. <laughs> my quest is an overrated JRPG that I've played. Um, and Will, what is your quest? My quest is, sorry, I'm just pulling up the board here to get the title right. Mine is a subgenre that I love. So I get Great. to talk about something I love, which is... <laughs> Uh, so that is uh, how our, our quest system is going to work. And of course, uh, when we roll again, uh, I am going to pick up from two. So uh, if I were to roll again, um, I would keep going from that number. Um, and the same with Will as well. So he's kind of already got a, a, a pretty substantial head start on me. Um, but Will, do you want to start with your uh, quest? Sure, I'd love to. Um so i thought a lot about this since our first episode and we did our first roll um and i got this topic a subgenre that i love and i i started to think about like what are all the subgenres that i enjoy playing what are ones i don't enjoy playing what is a subgenre it got really complicated <laughs> so i came up with a, a couple of things i wanted to talk about I have a couple cop-out answers to kind of segue into the real answer. And I don't know if they're cop-outs because they're like easy answers or be, like some kind of imposter syndrome that I have where I feel like my answer isn't good enough. But my cop-out answer number one is JRPGs because I <laughs> no. it's like my favorite kind of game. But right, it's a cop-out. <laughs> it's a subgenre because it's a type of RPG, but it's like too big to be a yeah. real answer. So then my next cop-out answer, which also felt like a cop-out, was turn-based JRPGs. And it's such also such like a big area. Like I think it's a valid subgenre, but somehow to me it's so synonymous with bread and butter RPGs in my head that I felt like that was a cop-out too. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree um, with your with your train of thought uh, definitely, and I, I I see your your choice is getting more and more you know granular uh, as right? as you reveal these uh, cop out answers. But yeah, you know uh, JRPGs are almost uh, synonymous with turn based battles in some ways, mm -hmm. um, and it, it's it's funny that it, we almost see turn based battles as being more Japanese than they are Western, even right. though. Again, you think of the foundations of uh, of RPGs in general, which is Dungeons and Dragons, is turn based. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, turn based uh, JRPGs is more granular. But what what else did you come up with? Well, then I dug deeper and I tried to think, like, delve into different subgenres. And like, I don't like I played bits and pieces of a lot of subgenres, but I didn't think of any that were like really meaty. So I was trying to play different types of RPGs to get a better sense of, of which ones really clicked with me the most. And action RPGs have always been an area that I struggled to get into. Um, so I challenged myself to play them because I love the idea. I always really enjoy the beginning of them. And then I just drop off for some reason. Like I get kind of bored or I'm bad at them or some combination of the two. Hmm. Um, but over the course of this, I was playing East 8. Um, which is my first East game. I've never played one before. I played um, Skyward Sword recently and I was enjoying it, but I was like, I really wish this was an RPG. <laughs> and somehow I was like, East feels like it might be kind of like a, 
it might give me the same kind of satisfaction of like sword fighting and stuff uh in a true rpg yeah so uh, i i think the the modern um east formula is almost like a extension of what zelda would be like if it were a little bit more uh, rpg-esque it does mm-hmm. have a party system which makes it a little bit yeah. more unique um but i think that's also what makes it more of an rpg than zelda is yeah and it, it really scratched that itch that i was feeling like with something being a little missing from playing zelda and yeah. i didn't know that it would but i kind of like i feel like i want to play this next so i played it i'm still playing it and i'm really enjoying it and enjoying it a lot and i was like okay this is an action rpg i like but then i thought about it and like i'm playing it on very easy mode and it's super easy <laughs> yeah and it's very hack and slash and i don't know if that's actually what it's supposed to be or just what very easy is like but it kind of made me realize i was like okay hack and slash rpgs are something i've always loved like they're just so like pure fun to me like i'm just like button mashing and using different <laughs> powers and exploring and like i realized that sense of exploration is really satisfying to me where I'm just hacking my way through enemies, leveling up really fast, getting new abilities and like exploring this map and knocking the enemies out of the way along the way, but like clearing things off consistently and not getting hung up on on like tough encounters constantly because I'm leveling up so fast and like just mashing buttons and not really thinking about it. I can put on a podcast or um, some music and like just listen to that and chill and just button match my way through a dungeon and like it just really clicks and i really vibe with that i think to use one of the expressions the kids use these days (laughs) um i i like that idea and that approach to uh, action rpgs a whole lot um you know i know that there are some action rpgs out there uh souls likes uh in in particular Mm -hmm. um that are a little bit more demanding uh in terms of their design um, and I do like Souls-like uh, games uh, a whole lot. That could be one answer uh, f- for me. I, I mean, I, I think, to be honest, I like a whole lot of, of RPG subgenres, so I'm not going to uh, take over your, um, <laughs> your, your quest here. Um, but just a, a couple of maybe recommendations that I could make based on your, your Ooh, love yeah. of uh, this genre. Let's hear them. I mean, I don't know uh, if you've ever played a... Uh, a warriors game before um but they are almost quintessential Mm -hmm. like what what (laughs) vibe you're talking about it's you you can play them um and you can feel really empowered by how mindless it is to kill hundreds of enemies in those Mm -hmm. games um and then there's also an element or a side of those games where they they do challenge you with a little bit more technical gameplay they give you certain qualifiers that you have to complete in order to, you know, be successful. Um, but you don't have to access any of that gameplay if you don't want to, but it is there if you do want to take that challenge. I love um, those kind of options. Like, you can not think about it if you don't want to, but if you want to delve a little deeper, you can, like, when you get bored of that. For sure. Um, and uh, another game that I would really recommend that I absolutely loved last year was one of my favorite games of 2020 was the Trials of Mana remake, uh, which I thought was just a oh, yes. really delightful um, action RPG that actually has a lot of like party building mechanics to it. Mm-hmm. And you can really play your different party members 
as if they are roles in a in a more traditional yep. uh, role-playing game but there is also this hack and slash uh element there is action combat to it that makes it really satisfying and it has tons of um difficulty levels to keep things simple or make them more complex so those are just a couple uh, of recommendations that i would give and i'm glad that you're enjoying east too yes well, and those are all great <laughs> recommendations yeah the world ends with you is also a kind of an action rpg in its own right yeah it's a very unique and different game though like i don't know where it fits in anything like the combat is very different like the the leveling systems and the stat boosting by like buying clothes and eating food is like very real world which i think is really cool but kind of very reminds different me, sorry to, to step on no. your thought there um it kind of reminds me i know of uh one writer on the switch rpg staff who really loves the oh gosh it's not streets of rage it's the there's a japanese beat-em-up rpg uh kunio kun kunio kun um i believe is is like beat-em-up rpgs where you eat food in order to boost stats um uh, which hmm. that's that's really the the most comparable thing that i could make to okay, the yeah. with you but it's also it's a little bit more grounded in its setting too um but yeah was was there anything else that you wanted to to add to that are there any other uh action rpgs that you would recommend uh, i d don't really because i've kind of stepped aside from them because i used to play these kind of games when i was younger which is what made me feel like i was getting back to something like i played a lot of like Baldur's gate and diablo and things like that and i used to love those games and at some point like i think i just prioritized story more than anything in recent years and kind of stepped away from that like core enjoyable gameplay moment not to say that games with good stories don't have enjoyable gameplay but that was just so much a focus that i kind of lost that so i'm exploring it again and getting back to my roots yeah that's that's really cool um and i again i do think that's one of the the joys of of talking about uh, a pretty broad uh, mm -hmm. genre like RPGs is that there there are games that are way more story centric and then there are games that can be a little bit more relaxed and uh, and yes. therapeutic in terms of turning totally. off your brain. Oh, and I just have one more thing I wanted to mention before I hand it over to your quest mm -hmm. um, was that there were th I have a couple honorable mention um, subgenres that I want to just mention because I really enjoy them but I don't feel like I've played them enough and I think a couple of them, at least, you are like kind of an expert in Evan. So <laughs> maybe you can offer some recos on those at some point. Uh, Most definitely. As well. Yeah. So those are strategy, which I've only really played Final Fantasy Tactics and enjoyed, but haven't played a lot of other ones. Monster Collecting, which I've really only played Pokemon, but I think I really enjoy the core gameplay. And card-based battle system, which I've only really played Baton Kakos. So... <laughs> I need to delve more into those. Those are like my stretch goal quests, I guess. For sure, yeah. Um, and of those three, I mean, I would say I've played a fair amount of monster collecting uh, RPGs. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm like super seasoned, but I have played a whole lot of card-based uh, RPGs, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. So uh, I will definitely have some recommendations, perhaps even some challenges for you in the future. Excellent. I see you like sharing new card-based games like on Twitter 
all the time. I'm like, where does he find these? Like, I had no <laughs> idea all these existed. So it's like a whole new genre is appearing before me. Well, it's very exciting. So uh, another thing, and right before we get into my quest, another thing that uh, I've really enjoyed about making this podcast with you is kind of understanding your your path towards uh, RPGs. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's funny because when I was not really younger, but actually as a teenager, um, I kind of came into Magic the Gathering. Um, oh, me too. I, yes. I love I love Magic the Gathering so much, and um, you know there was always just this this hard part of of MTG for me, uh, which was building a deck and the cost mm-hmm. investment that went into that, right? And yep. so, you know, I I'm. I, I have friends who, who also like MTG and, you know, we've kind of come to the, the, the point where when we have an idea for a deck, we maybe, you know, head over to Tapped Out um, and try to buy very specific cards uh, just because the mm-hmm. process of getting cards can be so tedious. Um, but I have always wanted to feel that, that, that thrill and that enjoyment of creating a, a, a deck um, and creating a strategy of a deck through video games and so that's really what has fueled my passion for for that uh, subgenre um, but again i feel like i'm taking over <laughs> your quest no that's fine. Uh, but i'll definitely you you are part of my quest you're part of my party uh, this is true yeah so it's... i can lend some support um but yeah uh, in specific i will just say uh there's no release date for it on switch yet but i think it's already out um on pc and I don't know about other consoles too, but uh, the creators of uh, MTG, or at least some of the creative uh, force behind it, um, worked on a deck building RPG called Rogue Book, and uh, it should be coming to consoles, or at least Nintendo Switch, really soon. And I'm really excited to play it. Oh, cool! I I definitely heard about that, but it had kind of dropped off my radar because I was like, oh, it's in the future. Who knows when that's going to happen, but that's very exciting that that's coming yeah, soon. Yeah, definitely. I keep my eye out for it. I definitely played a lot of Magic the Gathering over the years as well, and kind of had that same same feeling of, like, I always hit a wall with it when I get into it, that, like, I just, like, building the decks is the most exciting part for me and seeing the different strategies and how they interact, but it's just not sustainable. You can't just keep buying cards. For sure. So it seems like video games are kind of a better way to capture that. Um, and when you buy like a game and then you can do anything you want within the game. And that's a lot of what we, I think, sorry to speak for you, but <laughs> what I at least enjoy about RPGs in general is being able to fuse together different pieces and be kind of creative with strategies and build things that are fun for me to do, but also kind of a challenge to see what happens if you do this a little differently. And like, how can you break the game and do crazy things that like, seem like they shouldn't happen or just completely decimate the super bosses or something for sure yeah i totally get that and i i hate to go uh, wildly off topic or at least not off topic but to just <laughs> uh build on this a little bit more but if there's one game that i i think perfectly captures um the concept of like combining different elements into a single deck um because a lot of uh of games like slay the spire for example um, have you playing as a character who has a set of cards that they can utilize um, mm-hmm. and, and that you can draft from? 
but uh, a game that really does uh, embrace the the idea of having you know multiple kinds of mechanics that can be merged together uh, is the delightful Steam World Quest um, from Image and Form, who I, I think now are technically a part of Thunderful Games. Um, but I love all the Steam World games, but that one in particular is not only a RPG, but it's a deck-based RPG, and the the synergy and the kind of builds that you can create in that game are so cool. Um, so big recommend for that. That sounds super fun. That's one of the games that's been at the top of my list, like East 8 was as well, for the longest time, and I just haven't dove into it yet, so maybe, maybe it's time to do that. Yeah, I feel like this... <laughs> this podcast might not be good for for your wish list or or maybe it will be good for yes. clearing things out let's see maybe i'll get a quest this week that will yeah yeah we'll see align perfectly we'll yeah, see that'd be, that'd we'll be see. cool so this is uh, as good a time as any to to while we're riding this high of positivity it's time for me to to bring us back down to earth with my quest which is an overrated jrpg that you've played um so this is a really specific quest actually um Mm -hmm. and that's kind of uh one of the joys of the quest board that we've put together um is that i feel it can be interpreted in a variety of ways so i do think that you totally could have used one of those cop-out answers uh for your quest but i think it all comes down to semantics and how we're going to approach this yeah um and so talking about an overrated jrpg uh is is always tough because it's got to be something that you hear a whole lot of, of positive responses about or at least comments about but just didn't vibe with you and so you know i i want to you know just put this out there uh, full disclosure i understand that the the pick that that i've chosen for this might be something that uh, a lot of people really uh, disagree with um it's just the way that i felt um walking away uh, from that experience and it's something that i think as people maybe understand my tendencies a little bit more they'll understand why this was not really satisfying to me Oh no, Evan, which portion of our listener base are you going to turn away forever? Uh, well, I feel like it's a pretty niche one because uh, oh, okay, I am going to probably piss off some Square Enix fans here, okay. but I feel like it's a smaller percentage of them. Okay, that's fine. Um, my overrated uh, JRPG, I think, is Bravely Default. Okay. And I, I, I say this because it's turned into a series now. Uh, you know, there are three games, uh, despite the most recent game in the series being called Bravely Default 2. Um, mm-hmm. But the the thing that I really think is a shame is that the developers um, at Square Enix really didn't do a good job of putting together a great first installment for this game. So I know that there's a lot of people who love job systems, and I, I think there is something to be said about job systems. They offer a lot of freedom um, in terms of how you can design your party, um, they allow you to create synergies uh, that that are maybe a little bit unexpected. Um, however, <laughs> I think that Bravely Default doesn't really do a good uh, job of of doing either of those things. 
um, because there are very clearly certain jobs and, and builds and synergies that you have to create in order to overcome certain challenges. And to me, that kind of defeats the purpose of having an expansive job system um, mm. because you're, you don't have freedom of choice. You're kind of being uh, directed into these certain kinds of combinations. Um, other reasons I don't really like Bravely Default, I think uh, the story is really weak. Um, you know, I'm all about good writing infused with puns, um, but... <laughs> That's important. Yeah, it's got to be good. Um, you can't just use puns as a crutch, um, and you also can't use... <laughs> I, I think some anime tropes um, as a crutch too. Uh, I don't like the lecherous, horny old man uh, trope. Mm -hmm. I think it's. Uh, I, I think people like that exist, but I don't think we need to champion them uh, all that much. Um, That's a good point. But also the, just the overall plot of Gravely Default is is really hard for me to come to terms with because I, I know a lot of of defenders of the first game who will say oh well you know if you play the game and you reach the true ending you have to go through a lot of stuff but it's them using the story as an excuse for repetitive gameplay and I'm like well mm -hmm. you could just write a better story <laughs> that doesn't have you repeating gameplay um which is is the way I feel. So I, I guess I should kind of open up this conversation a little bit. Have you played the first Brave, Bravely Default, Will? Yes, I have played all of the Bravely Defaults to their true endings. Oh, okay, wow. So, so yeah, I can I can speak to that too. And sorry, how much of them have you played? Have you played all of them? Uh, I've only played the first one, and that's again because okay. I had such a negative reaction to it that I haven't really played the others. Gotcha. And I think that's a shame because I do hear that the second one is better. Um, at least in terms of storytelling. But uh, I don't know if that's the case for... Uh, sorry, I, I guess I should say <laughs> Bravely Second is better than Bravely Default. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused already. Yeah, but I, I don't really know. I, I, I don't think Bravely Default 2 has been out long enough for people's opinions to settle on it mm. all that much. Um, but so you know what I'm talking about when I talk about the true ending of Bravely Default, and yep, yep. <laughs> I I just don't know if it's if it's a choice that I can respect um, because again I go to a real like uh, a, a game that maybe some people feel is overrated, but I think even if you do feel that way, there there are some things in terms of design that you can say, yeah, this is just a good idea, which is the new game plus system in Chrono Trigger, where you can technically end the game faster um, on a new game plus playthrough. And you are not necessarily experiencing new content, but you are more powerful. Um, mm -hmm. Therefore, you can uh, kind of circumvent things faster or cause certain things to happen that give you alternate endings. And I feel like that's a rewarding way to blend storytelling with uh, gameplay. Um, in a way that Bravely Default doesn't really do. Um, so what are your thoughts of the first Bravely Default? Well, uh, first off, I just want to say, I think that's actually a really good answer, Bravely Default, because I don't know if I would have picked it myself as like 
whatever the title is the most <laughs> and overrated jrpg okay maybe i would have yeah. I, I would say it is a little overrated maybe and more not because of the buzz of the game itself but because it has spawned so many confusing sequels <laughs> and i don't know if it deserved to do that um though i was excited to keep playing it so whatever that says i don't know but um i actually really enjoyed the first game and kind of fell off a bit on bravely default 2 or no bravely second and then was excited for bravely default 2 there you go. <laughs> um and was kind of disappointed by it yeah i got there eventually um, but I really enjoyed the first game. And like I think when I look back on the series, I just want to focus on that one because I like that one. And I feel like it was a cohesive experience in itself. And the other ones kind of muddle things a bit for me. And, and in my head, that's what I'll always think of as Bravely Default. And it was very similar to my experience with um, playing The World Ends With You and Neo The World Ends With You, mm. where I enjoyed the first game. And then the second game was just a bit too much of the same, I guess. And... And I guess I was kind of done with the first one and had a good whole experience in one game and didn't, I wanted, I thought I wanted more of it, but when I got it, I was like, you know what? The first one was better on its own, like as a standalone. Yeah. And, you know, I think with a lot of games in, in series, right. Uh, you have to ask yourself whether or not you think the gameplay or the story uh, is worth iterating on. Um, mm -hmm. And one thing I, I will say is I, I think that Bravely Default brought back uh, job systems into like the the consciousness of I guess turn based fans or or even just like classic uh, Square Enix fans because you know earlier Final Fantasy games and you know obviously the MMOs too um, focus pretty strongly on job systems um, but. I don't think that the right elements of a job system were implemented into Bravely Default. And I know mm. we talked about it actually last episode, but uh, a, a game that I think uses a job system really, really well is Final Fantasy Explorers, which nobody has played. <laughs> so I don't really want to, I don't want to get into the specifics of, of it, but there's a lot of skill transference um, and, innate abilities uh, that can add up to creating a really unique character build um, in that. And of course, you are playing sort of an MMO light uh, in that game. So you're in a party of, of other players. And so job synergy and your, your team role really does matter uh, in those circumstances. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my opinion. And again, you know, I, I think... <sighs> The, the word overrated can be uh, a weighty one because mm -hmm. I, I don't really think that maybe not a whole lot of people would say that Bravely Default is one of the the best uh, RPGs ever made or that it is that it's even maybe the, the best job based RPG ever made. But I do think that it, it started a trend of kind of misinterpreting what makes job systems really great and also is coupled with a, a story in a world that I don't really find all that engaging. Um, and again, that might just be my personal preferences, but um, that's, that's just the way that I feel about it. That is fair. Um, and 
I would be remiss if I didn't fight on behalf of Bravely Default a little bit as the Square Enix fanboy on the podcast. <laughs> um, and I'll just say, like, I thought the world was beautiful. Like, the artwork was beautiful. The towns were beautiful. I loved the style. Um, I didn't really love the character designs as much, though. Um, yeah. But I didn't bother me Uh, i was just focused on the world itself i really enjoyed the job system but you did make me look at it in a new way which i thought was really interesting when you said that you feel like you kind of have to use certain jobs so you're not really able to choose them like what you would want to do and that was one of my bigger complaints with it that i didn't really think about that i wanted to like have my party like look the cutest with the cutest outfits or use the abilities that i thought were the most fun Mm -hmm. but i had but i constantly kept like looking up online how do i take down this boss and then like grinding out all those skills and having them all be the same job type with the same sub job to like really cheese the bosses and just fly through the game when it got really repetitive because i wasn't enjoying the grind as much and i just wanted to get through it and see what happened yeah and that's another aspect of uh, of this game that uh, I, I kind of really have a, a problem respecting is I know a lot of people championed it for having quality of life um, mechanics, uh, but I don't yes. think a lot of the quality of life mechanics uh, are very flattering towards its game design. You know, I, I, I this is maybe a really hot take. Um, the more that I've played games with uh, random encounters, the less I, I think of them as being essential um, or a really even a strong design choice. Um, I think you have to have a really, really, really good battle system uh, to justify having random encounters because if you are enjoying the dungeon crawling experience and then you're also like, oh, and I get to fight things too, so that's fun as well, um, then that's great uh but if you feel like you have to turn down random encounters so that you can get through a dungeon just because you Mm -hmm. don't want to waste time with them then you feel that the battle system is a little bit of a time sink or a time waste in itself and i i struggle uh to to think that that is compelling game design and i also think that like bravely defaults like preset system where you can kind of like set up your team so that they do the same thing at the beginning of every uh, battle. And then Mm -hmm. you can like one shot enemy encounters in a single turn. Like that to me isn't compelling encounter design because turn-based battles, the thing that I think is great about them is that there's an ebb and flow to the battles themselves where yes you get to take your turn but the enemy gets to also fight back too that's why there are turns Um, right and so i think just kind of like killing things before they even get the chance to react is uh, Mm. a little unfortunate um so there's a there's a lot of elements of bravely default that don't sit right with me but that's almost why when i look at positive reactions to it I think of my preferences as an RPG fan and I say, well, are these actually things that we want? Um, And -hmm. also maybe I'm a little bit spiteful too because uh, games like The Legend of Legacy and The Alliance Alive uh, also came out uh, during the 3DS's lifespan and they were kind of like 
ignored or left by the wayside when to me they have way better ideas in them than bravely default Mm. does uh but i'm just gonna leave it at that before i really piss off anybody else (laughs) i think those are great points and it makes me look at things differently too because i gave which is probably why a lot of people have positive reactions to things that they don't necessarily think are perfect because I was able to easily overlook things that I didn't like about it. Um, and that doesn't mean that they were good. Um, and I think probably a lot of people did do that too. And like with the random encounters in that game, I was like, oh, it's so cool that you can have a slider and change the frequency and like set it to zero, run through the dungeon, explore every nook and cranny without worrying about anything running into you and then turn them back on to grind if you needed to before a boss. But your point like makes me see it in a different way. Like, oh, okay, maybe like I didn't want them at all, <laughs> but I still had to turn them back on. And why did I have to do that? And I, I think as someone who's just really curious or, or fascinated by the design of games, um, mm-hmm. these are obviously things that stick out to me a little bit more. It's again why I can say that I really enjoyed my time with boyfriend dungeon and i'm also really glad that it was only 10 hours because i think if i were to have played it any longer than that i would have really started to get miffed by how i felt the mechanics didn't really work with one another um Mm -hmm. but again to go back to a game that we've talked about um i'm not sure if we talked about it last uh, episode but um i know we have had a conversation about fantasians sort of encounter netting system i think Mm -hmm. is just a smarter way of approaching that element uh, of hey you don't want to you know be interrupted by battles while you're exploring things then you don't have to um yep that's i think smarter (laughs) yeah and it's kind of like similar at the end of the day to how i was playing bravely default but i guess you could do it different ways as is let everything go in. I think it's called like the di- dimension. I don't something like that. Dimension something. Yeah. Um, and things go in there automatically, like monster encounters, and then you can choose when you fight them. So you can fight a few at a time once you've explored a bit, or you can save them up till the whatever it's called is full, and then fight them all at once, which is what I was doing in Bravely Default as well. So to me, that kind of clicked i guess in that way that that's how it would happen but it is a really unique and different way to approach that which i thought was cool but again to your point do we need the random encounters to begin with if we are wanting them to not be there and wanting to choose when to not fight them yeah then is it better just to have them on the overworld so we can dodge them a hundred percent and never have to fight them or some other way i think rpgs uh are best when there's a, a sense of risk and reward Um, and while random encounters do always make you feel like there is a sense of risk and reward, you know, the longer that I explore this, this dungeon or, uh, the longer I'm on the overworld, the more likely I'm going to encounter more things. Um, I think having the power to weigh those choices yourself, uh, is, is more empowering for the player. Uh, and so that's what i'm gonna say about that (laughs) that makes sense i like it um so i think that'll just about wrap up our our quests and i don't know i feel like (laughs) 
I think we were pretty successful uh, in, in our first quest outing. Um, but now it is time for us to roll for our next quests. Um, so I Yay. am... <laughs> yeah, very exciting. Uh, so we have grabbed our uh, lovely six-sided dice, and we are going to roll them. I guess since, Will, uh, you went first, do you mind if I roll first? Yeah, we can alternate. Yeah, I, I think that Keep sounds good. Um, so... <laughs> Here goes nothing. Uh, unfortunately, okay. I don't think my microphone's going to pick this up. Uh, but I rolled, oh, a natural six, baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're going to pass me on the board. Uh, for now. Um, so I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, do you skip over my quest, the quest that I did? No, I'm not going to skip you, over yours. You count that one as well? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I said, oh, no. My next quest is a strategy RPG you love. Um. <laughs> Uh-oh. Do you not love strategy RPGs? As a <laughs> no, I role? don't. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, but it's no big deal. I will. I, I already have some ideas in my head. Uh, go ahead, Will. You roll. Well, all you have to do is play all the strategy RPGs, and I'm sure you'll find one that you like. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I, there's an enemy encounter. If I roll high, I could end up with a, a first enemy encounter. Potentially, yeah. Yikes. Or I could end up behind you if I roll low. This is true. Can I end up with the same roll as you, or do I skip over No, you can. Strategy I, I think you can end up with the same roll. Oh, gosh. That, that could get spicy. Let's see what happens here. Okay, here I go. <laughs> oh, natural six as well. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, so I'm just flying right by the enemy encounter. Uh, well, you um, could stop or, there if you want. Okay, so to. We, we have the choice to stop on which one we stop on. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six. So I hit an RPG with great environmental design, or I can choose to stop on the enemy encounter right before it. That's right. Ooh. That's, that's this is tough. Yeah. This is a branch <laughs> in the path. Yeah, this is. I get to choose my route and remember if you do this enemy encounter now then you uh you can skip the enemy encounters for uh quest number 20 and 30. okay um do i want to do those (laughs) okay i think like i think i should just do it because that sounds exciting yeah i I think i'll I'll do the enemy encounter let's let's do it let's take on this enemy okay well this is uh this is a little challenging uh in its own way the reason that we have enemy encounters is because uh they demand something a little bit different than our normal quests do so your challenge this time will uh do you want to read it for us yeah, my challenge is to play a less than 20-hour RPG. So that might be something that you maybe have to like go out onto social media to find out about um, or just you know research a little bit. But that is yeah. something I already have some ideas about. I feel like this could be a pretty easy one for me. Um, but... I like this one because it is a challenge for me because I typically play like 50, 60 plus hour RPGs. Yeah, I know. As a general rule. So I am going to have to do some hunting to find something that's less than 20 hours. Um, and I think that's cool because I want to get into playing more shorter RPGs because that's another thing too. Like I love like long in depth stories, but also sometimes I don't know if a RPG being long makes it better. So I'm curious to test the waters of something shorter. For sure, yeah. That's 
you know, I think why this is a, a great challenge uh, in its own right. I'm really curious to see what you come up with. Uh, just a, a little uh, reminder for our audience back at home, too, something that we want to clarify. With our enemy encounters and even with our uh, boss battle, we are tasking one another to play something uh, new uh, or to, to play something uh, different. But because of uh, the frequency of these episodes and because of just life in general, we're not expecting one another to beat these games before we play them. So you can see that, you know, some of these quests uh, for the enemy encounters, they don't really have us uh, beating uh, these RPGs uh, at all. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. We're not trying to stress one another out with these quests. Thank goodness. I'm glad it's less than 20 hours, but <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's still a lot of hours. Yeah, I'd be really curious to see if you can complete something before our next mm -hmm. uh, podcast uh, episode. I'm sure I'll try, but I don't know how far I'll get. But yeah, so that is how our quest system is going to work. Um, that's what we're probably going to be doing. Well, <laughs> we are going to be doing it every single uh, episode. Um, so we hope that you guys uh, will follow along in your own way. You know, somehow we would love to maybe make this interactive um, with uh, others as well. Uh, maybe we could bring in guests too to maybe roll their Ooh, yes. own quest, uh, which, would be, which would be really, really cool. Um, or uh, we could also have people maybe roll through, I don't know, uh, fan mail or something like that. Um, but I guess this is going to kind of transition us uh, into the end of our, uh, our episode. Once again, uh, we are hosted on Spotify, uh, Anchor, and I think soon we're going to be uh, hosted on Apple um, Podcasts as well. And I don't know about Google, Will. That is correct. Uh, Anchor says we are hosted on Google, but I can't find the show there. So we will get back to you on that one, but we will soon be there as well. Yeah, that's something that we will discover for ourselves as well. Yes. Um, and of course, you can also find all of our, our podcast uh, episodes and maybe even just some of our comments uh, on Twitter, um, which is at RPG Pod Quest. You know, we've been having some really great interactions uh, with just other RPG channels, with uh, other enthusiasts, and we're hoping that that interaction will increase as you guys learn a little bit more about our quest system. You can find me, uh, Evan, at uh, RPGseb, <laughs> so that's R-P-G-S-E-B, on Twitter, and Will? You can find me on Twitter as well at CosmicXLibrary. Uh, with an X in the middle of Cosmic Library. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas for quests, any any answers you want to give to the ones we've taken on so far, if you'd like to give us any feedback on what you've heard or your own hot takes on overrated RPGs or subgenres you love or anything else, yeah, send us a note. All right. Well, with that, we are going to head off onto our next quest. So we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.